everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All right, guys, welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. Today, we are reading the last of the genealogies in 1 Chronicles. So we're reading 1 Chronicles 7 to 10. Uh, there is quite a bit of that like regular rhythm of genealogy, like he fathered him, he fathered him, he fathered him, he was the son of him. Uh, but there is a little bit of narrative that is interspersed. Now, what's going to happen as we read uh, from day to day is we have now completed today uh, all the genealogies that are in First Chronicles. Remember, we're kind of talking through how the chronicler is reminding the people of their history, where they've come from, uh, what those people were like. So we have completed that part. And what's going to happen now is we're going to sync back up with the narrative. So you'll start to notice um, today we're in First Chronicles 7 to 10. Tomorrow we're reading some more Psalms. And then we're back into 2 Samuel. So we're going to start to get back into the story of David. And kind of what sticks out to me today has to do with getting back into the story of David. What's interesting about Chronicles is that Chronicles does not spend much time at all on the story of Saul. Basically, we get Saul's descendants, like his genealogy. We've had a little bit of of it before. Uh, We get some of it here in chapter 9. And then we get a quick uh, recounting of the death of Saul and his sons. And Saul is over. So if you think about uh, the purpose of Chronicles, remember the people are returning from exile. The chronicler is putting together kind of this abridged version of First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and giving the people their history, uh, really to inspire them to worship God the right way. And what's interesting when you consider the motivations of the chronicler is that Saul is kind of a footnote in this story. Uh, in fact. The end of chapter 10, it says, So Saul died for his breach of faith. He broke faith with the Lord in that he did not keep the command of the Lord and also consulted a medium. Remember that story. He went to go see dead Samuel, uh, seeking guidance. He did not seek guidance from the Lord. Therefore, the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. So that is probably the most powerful, uh, most pointed part of First Chronicles 10. Uh, First Chronicles 10 also has a little bit about the, the battle where Saul died. It recounts how Saul fell on his sword. Uh, but if you think about the purpose of the chronicler, he's trying to inspire faith in the people. He's trying to remind them who they are, who their God is, how important worship in the temple is. And so because of that, uh, Saul is just not really worth talking about a lot. And it, it's it's really, really sad uh, if you think through what we've read in 1 Samuel, where uh, Saul is anointed as king. He, he has this real shot at being a faithful king. And here now we have a, a history of him written in, you know, like the, the late 500s, 400s BC, where Saul's just not really worth talking about because Saul was not obedient to God, and because he was not obedient to God, uh, he, he he's not he's not a life worth um, replicating. He's not a life worth following, and so the chronicler is going to spend very little time talking about Saul, 
and then setting up David's reign and talking a lot about David and what his kingdom was like and the, the decisions that he made and the choices that he made. And so it's it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad reading through um, this short recounting of him. I think another thing that's interesting is the chronicler makes it clear uh, that the Israelites, when they were fighting the Philistines, uh, I think this was on like uh, Mount Gilboa, I think. Yeah. Like the when the when the Israelites are fighting the Philistines on Mount Gilboa, this is the battle where Saul dies. Um, the chronicler just highlights the lack of faith that was in them and the fact that God handed them over to their enemies because they they refused to obey the Lord. And actually when he when the chronicler talks about Saul, um, they, they describe his death at length uh, to the fact that they talk about him being carried uh, his, his, sorry about this, but his head was carried into the temple of Dagon and like basically he had no power there. The last time we've heard about the temple of Dagon, this is the, this is the idol, like the, the false God of the Philistines. The last time we heard about Dagon was when the ark was carried into the temple of Dagon and that idol just kept falling on its face in front of the Lord. Actually, at one point, um, the idol fell on its face and just broke to pieces. And so the first time we hear about Dagon, it's in the context of God's power over this false idol. But now in First Chronicles 10, we're reminded of Dagon's power over Saul, uh, which is kind of a crazy turn of events. And I think a, a takeaway from that is because Saul was not obedient to God, he had no power over um, the idols, the enemies uh, that were that were in his day, like because his trust was not in the Lord, because his hope was not in the Lord, he ultimately had no power uh, before these wicked things in front of him. They just they the, the Israelites were losing the battle. Saul lost his life. Um, his his head was carried into the temple of Dagon, where before we knew Dagon as being a worthless idol. Now Dagon is kind of triumphing over Saul. And it's, it's sad. Um, and so to me, this is kind of a, a your part for today. To me, uh, when we are obedient to God, uh, when we listen to God's voice, when we do what God asks us to do, when we serve him wholeheartedly, uh, we have incredible power before our enemies, before the enemies of the Lord, um, before the idols of our day, uh, because we're not walking in our own strength. We're walking in God's strength. And I think to me, reading over 1 Chronicles 10, Saul's failure to walk in God's strength is just sad. Like you, you have this guy who was chosen to be the king of the, the priestly nation of Israel, and he failed miserably at his job uh, because he failed to be obedient. And so it's a cautionary tale for us. It was a cautionary tale for those that were reading Chronicles. Uh, to be obedient to the Lord at all times. And when we're obedient to the Lord at all times, he takes up our case and takes up our battles for us. So I think remember today that you are a son or a daughter of the king. And because of that, you hold incredible authority uh, before your enemies, um, before the, the powers of darkness, the principalities of this world, um, because of your identity as a son or a daughter of the king, like we have power, but we only have that power when we are obedient to our father, 
when we're walking in the path he's set for us and we're honoring him with our lives. And so it is a reminder, I think, um, to meet opposition with faith. Uh, if you're if you're dealing with something in your life that is against God, uh, maybe there's people in your life that are against God. Uh, maybe there's a situation in your life that's against God. Man, walk in faith and represent the Lord in that situation and trust that the Lord will be acting on your behalf. And like go to God in prayer, um, ask the Lord to act, and then have faith that he will. And when we're doing that, not only are we living a life worth following, we're honoring the God who has put us in that situation in the first place and is giving us power to meet those challenges, um, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. And looking back over the life of Saul, it's just so disappointing because that power was available to him. Um, that faithfulness was available to him, but he chose not to walk in that. And because of that, um, I mean, I mean, ultimately, and it's, it's kind of bleak, but because of that, he ends up hanging in this temple of this foreign God. Now, ultimately, what happens is these faithful men from Jabesh, uh, Jabesh Gilead, I believe, they go and they rescue him. And they give him a fair burial. And so Saul's end is not as um, drastic or as bleak as it could be. But ultimately, it's because faithful men met the challenge and went to get him. And then what the chronicler is going to do is going to walk quickly away from Saul's life and tell us about David's life. And David, we're going to see very clearly, has many flaws, many flaws. But He is faithful to God and obedient to God when it counts. When he makes mistakes, he repents. Um, When he is met with a challenge, he walks in faith. And so that is a challenge to us and it's an example to us as sons and daughters of the king to walk in that authority and trust him and follow him and ultimately enjoy the life that he has laid out before us. So that's what I'm taking out of 1 Chronicles, though I will admit I'm very happy to be done with all these genealogies. Not only are they goofy to read, uh, the, the lists just get long. So we do want to read the whole Bible this year. We want to we want to see everything that's in here for us to see. But I'm happy to leave these genealogies behind us. Maybe you are too. Uh, stick around. Listen to the reading. Read it for yourself. We'll see you again tomorrow. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us And then leave a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word. And your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. 1 Chronicles chapter 7. The sons of Issachar, Tola, Pua, Jashub, and Shimron, four. The sons of Tola, Uzi, Rephiah, Jeriel, Jabmahai, Ibsam and Shemuel, heads of their fathers' houses, namely of Tola, mighty warriors of their generations, their number in the days of David being 22,600. The son of Uzi, Isariah, and the sons of Isariah, Michael, Obadiah, Joel, Isaiah, and all five of them were chief men. And along with them, by their generations, according to their fathers' houses, were units of the army for war. 36,000, for they had many wives and sons. Their kinsmen belonging to all the clans of Issachar were in all 87,000 mighty warriors enrolled by genealogy. The sons of Benjamin, Bela, Baker, and Jediel, three. 
the sons of Bela, Esban, Uzi, Uziel, Jeremoth, and Eri, five heads of their fathers' houses, mighty warriors. And their enrollment by genealogies was 22,034. The sons of Bichor, Zimriah, Joash, Eliezer, Elionai, Omri, Jeremoth, Abijah, Ananoth, and Eliameth. All these were the sons of Bichor. And their enrollment by genealogies, according to their generations, as heads of their fathers' houses, mighty warriors, was 20,200. The sons of Jediel, Bilhan, and all the sons of Bilhan, Jeush, Benjamin, Ehud, Chenanash, Zethan, Tarshish, and Ashahar. All these were the sons of Jediel, according to the heads of their fathers' houses, mighty warriors, 17,200, able to go to war. And Shupam and Hupam were the sons of Ir, Hushim, the son of Ahar. The sons of Naphtali, Jaziel, Guni, Jezer, Shalom, and the descendants of Bilah. The sons of Manasseh, Asriel, whom his Aramean concubine bore. She bore Machir, the father of Gilead, and Machir took a wife for Hupam and Shupam. The name of his sister was Maka, and the name of the second was Zelophad, and Zelophad had daughters. And Maka was the wife of Machir and bore a son, and she called his name Paresh. The name of his brother was Sheremesh, and his sons were Ulam and Rakam. The son of Ulam, Bedan. These were the sons of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh. And his sister, Hamalethek, bore Ishdod, Abiezar, and Mala. The sons of Shamida were Achian, Shechem, Lichi, and Anaim. The sons of Ephraim. Shethula and Bered, his son, Tehath, his son, Elada, his son, Tehath, his son, Zabad, his son, Shamulath, his son, and Ezer and Eliad, whom the men of Gath, who were born in the land, killed, because they came down to raid their livestock. And Ephraim, their father, mourned many days, and his brothers came to comfort him. And Ephraim went to his wife, and she conceived and bore a son, and he called his name Bariah because disaster had befallen his house. His daughter was Shira, who built both lower and upper Beth Haran, and Uzen Shira. Rephah was his son, Resheph his son, Tela his son, Tehan his son, Ladan his son, Amahud his son, Elashama his son, Nun his son, Joshua his son. Their possessions and settlements were Bethel and its towns, to the east of Neron, to the west of Gezer and its towns, Shechem and its towns, Aiah and its towns, also in possession of the Manasites, Bethshin and its towns, Tanakh and its towns, Megiddo and its towns, Dor and its towns. In these lived the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. The sons of Asher, Imna, Ishva, Ishvi, Bariah, and the sister of Sirah. The sons of Bariah, Heber, and Machael, whose father Bizarath, Heber father Japhlet, Shomer, Hotham, and their sister Shua, the sons of Japhlet, Pasach, Bimhal, and Ashvath. These are the sons of Japhlet. The sons of Shimur, his brother, Rocha, Jeba, and Aram. The sons of Helam, his brother, Zopha, Imna, Shelesh, and Amal. The sons of Zopha, Sua, Hanafer, Shaul, Beri, Imra, Bezer, Had, Shama, Shishla, Ithran, and Bira. The sons of Jether, Japuna, Pispa, 
and Ara, the sons of Ula, Era, Haniel, and Riziah. All of these were men of Asher, heads of their fathers' houses, approved, mighty warriors, chiefs of the princes. Their number enrolled by genealogies for service in war was 26,000 men. Benjamin fathered Bela, his firstborn, Ashbel the second, Ahra the third, Noha the fourth, and Rapha the fifth. And Bela had sons, Adar, Gira, Abahud, Abishua, Naaman, Ahoa, Gira, Shephunan, Hiram. These are the sons of Ehud. They were the heads of their father's houses of the inhabitants of Geba, and they were carried into exile in Manahath. Naaman, Ahijah, and Gira, that is Heglam, who fathered Uzzah and Ahahud. And Sherahim fathered sons in the country of Moab after he had sent away Hushim and Bara, his wives. He fathered sons of Hodesh, his wife, Jobab, Zibiah, Mesha, Malcam, Jeuz, Shashia, and Mirma. These were his sons, heads of fathers' houses. He also fathered sons of Hushim, Abitub, and Elpah. The sons of Elpah, Eber, Mishem, and Shemmed, who built Ono and Lod with its towns, and Bariah and Shema. They were the heads of their fathers' houses and the inhabitants of Ahijalon, who caused the inhabitants of Gath to flee, and Ahio, Shashmech, and Jeremoth, Zebediah, Arad, Eder, Michael, Ishpah, and Johah were sons of Bariah, Zebediah, Meshulam, Hizki, Heber, Ishmarai, Izliah, and Jobab were the sons of Alpal. Jakim, Zikri, Zabdi, Elani, Zithani, Eliel, Adiah, Bariah, and Shimroth were the sons of Shimi. Ishban, Eber, Eliel, Abdon, Zikri, Hanan, Hananiah, Elam, Anarosjah, Iftai, and Panuel were the sons of Shashak. Shemri, Sharula, Athaliah, Jerashiah, Elijah, and Zikri were the sons of Jehoam. These were the heads of their fathers' houses, according to their generations, chief men. These lived in Jerusalem. Jael, the father of Gibeon, lived in Gibeon, and the name of his wife was Maka. His firstborn son, Abdon, then Zer, Kish, Baal, Nadab, Gedor, Ahio, Zecher, and Michlach. He fathered Shemiah. Now these also lived opposite their kinsmen in Jerusalem, with their kinsmen. Ner was the father of Kish, Kish of Saul, Saul of Jonathan, Malchishua, Abinadab, and Eshbal. And the son of Jonathan was Meribal. And Meribal was the father of Micah. The sons of Micah, Pithon, Melech, Tariah, and Ahaz. Ahaz fathered Jehoda, and Jehoda fathered Elameth, Asmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri fathered Moza, Moza fathered Binia. Rapha was his son, Eleasah his son, Azel his son. Azel had six sons, and these are their names. Azrakam, Bocheru, Ishmael, Shariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. All these were the sons of Azel. The sons of Eshek, his brother, Ulam, his firstborn, Jeush, his second, and Eliphet, his third. The sons of Ulam were men who were mighty warriors, bowmen, having many sons and grandsons, a hundred and fifty. All these were Benjamites. So all Israel was recorded in genealogies, and these are written in the book of the kings of Israel. 
and Judah was taken into exile in Babylon because of their breach of faith. Now the first to dwell again in their possessions in their cities were Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the temple servants, and some of the people of Judah. Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh lived in Jerusalem. Uthai, the son of Amahud, the son of Omri, the son of Imri, the son of Bani, the sons of Perez, the sons of Judah, and of the Shalonites, Aziah, the firstborn, and his sons, of the sons of Zerah, Jeol, and their kinsmen, 690. Of the Benjamites, Salu, the son of Meshulam, the son of Hodaviah, the son of Hesanua, Ibniah, the son of Jeroam, Elah, the son of Uzi, the son of Mikri, Meshulam, the son of Shephthiah, son of Reuel, son of Ibnijah, and their kinsmen, according to their generations, 956. All these were heads of their fathers' houses, according to their fathers' houses. Of the priests, Jediah, Jehoiarib, Jahren, and Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Meshulam, the son of Zadok, the son of Miriath, the son of Ahitub, the chief officer of the house of God. And Adadiah was the son of Jeroham, the son of Pashur, the son of Malkahajah, and the Messiah, the son of Adiel, the son of Jahizriah, the son of Meshulam, the son of Meshulamith, the son of Emer. Besides their kinsmen, heads of their fathers' houses, 1,760, mighty men for the work of the service of the house of God. Of the Levites, Shemaiah, the son of Hashub, the son of Azrakim, the son of Hashbiah, the sons of Mirari, the sons of Barbakar, Hiresh, Galel, and Mataniah, the son of Micah, the son of Zirkri, the son of Asaph, and Obadiah, the son of Shemaiah, the son of Galal, the son of Jejuthun, of Berechiah, the son of Asa, the son of Elkanah, who lived in the villages of the Netophathites. The gatekeepers were Shalom, Akab, Talman, Ahaman, and their kinsmen. Shalom was their chief. Until then, they were the king's gate in the east side of the gatekeepers of the camps of the Levites. Shalom, the son of Kori, the son of Ebasaiah, the son of Korah, his kinsmen of his father's house, the Korahites, were in charge of the work of the service, the keepers of the thresholds of the tent, as their fathers had been in charge of the camp of the Lord, keepers of the entrance. And Phineas, the son of Eleazar, was the chief officer over them in times past. The Lord was with him. Zechariah was the son of the gatekeeper at the entrance of the tent of meeting. All these who were chosen as gatekeepers at the thresholds were 212. They were enrolled by genealogies in their villages. David and Samuel the seer established them in their office of trust. So they and their sons were in charge of the gates of the house of the Lord, that is, the house of the tent, as guards. The gatekeepers were on the four sides, east, west, north, and south, and their kinsmen were in their villages, were obligated to come in every seven days in turn to be with these. For the four gatekeepers, who were Levites, were entrusted to be over the chambers and the treasures of the house of God, and they lodged around the house of God, for on them lay the duty of watching, and they had the charge of opening it every morning. Some of them had charge of the utensils of service, for they were required to count them when they were brought in and taken out. Others of them were appointed over the furniture and over all the holy utensils, also over the fine flour, the wine, the oil, the incense, and the spices. Others of the sons of the priests prepared in the mixing of the spices. And Mathathiah, one of the Levites, the firstborn of Shalom the Kohathite, was entrusted with the making of flat cakes. 
Also, some of their kinsmen of the Kohathites had charge of the showbread to prepare it every Sabbath. Now these, the singers, the heads of the fathers' houses of the Levites, were in the chambers of the temple, free from others' service, for they were on duty day and night. These were the heads of the fathers' houses of the Levites, according to the generations, the leaders. They lived in Jerusalem. In Gibeon lived the father of Gibeon, Jael, and the name of his wife was Maka, and his firstborn son, Abdon, then Zer, then Kish, Baal, Ner, Nadab, Gador, Ahio, Zechariah, and Mikloth. And Mikloth was the father of Shimeon, and these also lived opposite of the kinsmen in Jerusalem, with their kinsmen. Ner fathered Kish, Kish fathered Saul, Saul fathered Jonathan, Malkashua, Abinadab, and Eshbal. And the son of Jonathan was Mirabal, and Mirabal fathered Micah. The sons of Micah, Pithon, Melech, Tariah, and Ahaz. And Ahaz fathered Jerah, and Jerah fathered Elameth, Asmaveth, and Zimri. And Zimri fathered Moza. Moza fathered Bini, and Rephiah was his son. Eliash his son, Azel his son. Azel had six sons, and these are their names. Azrakam, Bocharu, Ishmael, Shariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled before the Philistines and fell slain on Mount Gilboa. And the Philistines overtook Saul and his sons, and the Philistines struck down Jonathan and Abinadab and Malkashua, the sons of Saul. The battle pressed hard against Saul, and the archers found him, and he was wounded by the archers. Then Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and thrust me through with it, lest these uncircumcised come and mistreat me. But his armor-bearer would not, for he feared greatly. Therefore Saul took his own sword and fell upon it. And when his armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell upon his sword and died. Thus Saul died, and he and his three sons and all his house died together. And when all the men of Israel who were in the valley saw the army had fled, and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their cities and fled, and the Philistines came and lived in them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip the slain, they found Saul and his sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. And they stripped him and took his head and his armor and sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines to carry the good news to their idols and to the people. And they put his armor in the temple of their gods and fastened his head in the temple of Dagon. But when all Jabesh Gilead heard all that the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and took away the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons and brought them to Jabesh. And they buried their bones under the oak in Jabesh and fasted for seven days. So Saul died for his breach of faith. He broke faith with the Lord in that he did not keep the command of the Lord and also consulted a medium, seeking guidance. He did not seek guidance from the Lord. Therefore, the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.